0: Amotasa bhagavato arahato samma sambhutasa Amotasa bhagavato arahato samma sambhutasa Amotasa bhagavato arahato samma sambhutasa Mutang namang sangang namasa Right, I've got a question, it's a request. Whether I could, uh, Elaborate on the Bojangas, the Bojangas being the um, seven factors of enlightenment, which are appearing in the um, scriptures, suttas, the record of the the Buddha's teachings, and they appear a lot, in fact, all over the place, (laughs) in all the collections. So as those of you who are familiar with the scriptures will, will um, know, realize, have seen that in fact these seven factors of enlightenment, they are mentioned uh, lots of times, but usually or always, as far as I know, they are just mentioned very briefly. So they're not, not in, in the suttas, not, they're not much elaborated on what they are really about. So, uh, the list, seven factors, I just mentioned them first. This, um, it starts with, with sati, with mindfulness, and then comes uh, Dhamma vichaya, um, the investigation of Dhamma, um, then energy, virya. Um, if that comes in place, comes r- rapture or, or piti. Um, the next one, fifth one, would be a pasadi or uh, tranquility, which then uh, leads to. Samadhi or, or concentration, and the last one is uh, equanimity, upeka, and they are f- already if you just hear them, those, those seven factors, and also in the in, when they where they appear in the sutta, services, this is a very obvious kind of pro- pro- progression, isn't it? Which is one supposed to lead to the next, um, if the right conditions are in place. It is uh, sometimes mentioned in some of the suttas that there's also is kind of a, a stock kind of phrase and a collection of concepts, if you like, that, that, that comes along, with it, that if they are uh, practice this um, this, disp- this passion and relinquishment, um, they they will lead actually to the ending of suffering. You know? And uh, as such, they also mentioned in the uh, Satipatthana Sutta, the the discourse on the four foundations of mindfulness, which is one that uh, uh, most people are kind of familiar with also they're, they're central and, and the, the, these days most commonly used kind of uh, discourse of the Buddha as a, as a practice instruction, you know, the four foundations of mindfulness. And there again, the uh, those seven factors of, of enlightenment are mentioned under the fourth foundation um, uh, and are also. Coming towards the end of the, of the, um, of, of the discourse is what, what kind of leads to the culmination of this kind of practice. Um, the, the promise that if, if practiced correctly, and uh, then it, it would lead um, with the development of those seven enlightenment factors, that's why they're called enlightenment factors, uh, finally um, to liberation, to the end of suffering. Not much more is really said about them. As far as so I know, maybe there's some sutta somewhere, but I, I don't recall. It does. I think in the in the Satipatthana Sutta itself, it is related to to the foundations of mindfulness and and to the mind to the Satipatthana practice. And it says uh, it, it elucidates in this way: like if when you are, say, sitting there on your meditation retreat, um, or at home, or this evening here, and you practice. Uh, mindfulness of breathing, mindfulness of the body, and you're putting effort into it, and that's what you're doing. That you know you're paying attention to the breath, and then then you're developing this first factor of enlightenment, the uh, mindfulness, the, the enlightenment factor called sati, mindfulness. And then uh, if then while you're doing that, you are investigating maybe the nature of the body, the nature of of the breath, the impermanence of it, or, or whatever aspect you know, of dhamma you're actually investigating. In, in your meditation, then you're developing the, the second factor, the investigation of Dhamma. Uh, then if you put force, kind of effort, to actually you know, f- keep bringing your mind back to the meditation object, and if it gets distracted and you, you keep applying yourself, investigating, well, then, then um, if you're energetic in you striving, there it is. You're saying that's what you're doing. You're developing this factor of uh, enlightenment, which is called energy. And so you see, this is all uh, applies to different aspects of what we are supposed to. Hopefully, we are in some way or another we are, we are, we are doing while we are practicing uh, our meditation. That's what that's what's specifically those seven factors relate to, really to our conformal meditation practice, wherever they appear in the suttas. And so for the for the other ones, then if you you are practicing diligently like that, you know, establishing mindfulness, you're investigating the dhamma you're um, putting in the right kind of energy, then what's called pity or this, this uh, rapture um, um, might arise. Now, and then so forth. Um, it, it can progress towards um, um, towards tranquility, contentment, leading towards samadhi. And of course the result of samadhi obviously is, is an uh, equanimity. Hmm? So makes sense in that way where one thing leads to the next, and which is something that we can can maybe observe and can look at in our practice and can therefore also use, of course, as a tool to see, well, if this is not happening for us, um, what maybe might be lacking or where we might have to put uh, the attention or the effort. Um, and also to see there are obviously some factors or elements in there that we might – you know, depending you know who we are, how we are, what our habits are, what our conditions are um, uh, what our preferences are, that we might habitually overlook a meditation you know so that we are all different, of course, and i don 't know how it is for you, but see like sometimes we might just sometimes we, we, we tend, our mind tends to cut corners and we come to meditation, and we probably have some idea or some goal or something you want to achieve when we meditate and sometimes that we might be very conscious of that or sometimes it might not even be conscious Uh, like for example if you look at this we might yeah every well almost everybody i guess would like to have some equanimity that sounds like a good idea isn't it something to achieve so you come to a meditation retreat and 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 think well equanimity Or, or samadhi of course getting concentrated you know that's you go into your meditation you want to concentrate and so that there you go, you go straight trying to concentrate your mind. And maybe for many of us, most of the time, that's actually not happening. Or, or, or maybe it is even happening to a certain extent, but not to the extent that we would like it to happen or in the way that we would like it to happen. Because we also have got, of course, ideas about... What samadhi is, what kind of samadhi you want, or how much samadhi, you know, I'd like or would be good for me. And we get those ideas. Well, who knows where we get them from, you know, maybe uh, from books or from friends or teachers or our own ideas, fantasies. But if you look at those seven factors, you see there's a progression, then we might, we might actually just go, we might just start with trying to practice samadhi. No. So we start with the sixth factor of enlightenment. And if the Buddha's right with this kind of progression, and he, he apparently talked about it again and again, then that was certainly not the way the, the Buddha thought about it. You know, he, he didn't start with, with samadhi. No, he started with mindfulness. No. And so the samadhi would be actually something where if, if all those factors actually come into into place... No, then that might be actually the result of our practice if you know the if the, if our the mind has actually gone through those uh, various stages in that kind of procession so maybe if i if we just try to get concentrated we might actually starting is way from the wrong end or with with the wrong kind of uh, effort that we put into there you know this is again it's just this this is always of course fast to look to use those tools which is just a string of concepts that have some indications, and just to see what does it actually mean to us and how does it actually apply to our practice, to, to you know, my particular experience. You know, how do I relate to those kind of concepts? Or, or what, how does it relate to what is actually happening in my practice? You know, what happens if I try to concentrate? Or what is the usual kind of image uh, that, that comes up in my mind? What kind of attitude or effort would come up in my mind if I, if I come up with the idea of concentrating or trying to concentrate? It'll be different for all of us. And some of them might be more useful than others. So, for example, if the thing would be then, this, if there's an overemphasis of this idea of trying, like particularly when if the perception is, why so I can't do it, and so I try, and I can't do it, so I try a bit harder, like I might have tried to concentrate in the past, say at school or university or something, if, I, if my mind is distracted and I have to concentrate in trying to solve this problem. Then, uh, maybe many of the the other factors that the Buddha is talking about that it would actually lead to the mind concentrating actually just um, prevent it from from manifesting in the first place you know? like, see if, if I myself bring up the idea of trying to concentrate there 's a certain kind of tension there so, you know, there 's some kind of hardness, and I, I rarely out of that you know, just squeezing my mind like that, you know, this kind of gesture of concentrating. Um, I might squeeze all kinds of things out of there, but it's rarely going to be joy, you know, or contentment, or tranquility. That's not what's going to happen. You're just know, more going to be tension, or unhappiness, you know, pain, suffering. <laughs> um, so then, if you go, if then we use like this, 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 this as, as a as a tool, as a, as a template, we, we remember those all seven factors of enlightenment. Well, that starts somewhere. It starts with with, with mindfulness, and that's like in, in almost all of the teaching we find the suttas that's really kind of the, the the central, you know, it's the starting point and also the balancing point of our practice is mindfulness. That's where we start. So if you just look at that in that kind of pro- progression, just just a few kind of words on what what those can mean is of course if you meditate there first mindfulness, you know, means that first of all we become aware of what is actually here. You know, we bring attention into the actuality of our present experience. You know, put away ideas, ideals, goals, game plans, and just actually looking, first of all, what is actually here? You know? And then, you know, whatever your meditation there is, I like usually would suggest, of course, some body-based thing, like mindfulness of breathing, or mindfulness of the body. So, means first of all, just to see what is really there, making space for that, becoming aware of that, becoming present for that, you know? that's, that's the first step. Now, without that, you don't even get started. Because that means that you're actually going to start to be fully here, so that you can actually practice with what is actual, which what is real. Mm-hmm. So that's always what we're going to have to come back to. And if you do that, then the, well, naturally, out of that, uh, the Buddha suggests, then the, the second uh, factor can arise, which is investigation of dhamma. Again, is 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 one that sometimes, as meditators, we try to shortcut or don't associate with meditation if we are. Uh, too fixed or it's a certain idea of just being calm or concentrated or equanimous we might think that investigation isn't actually what we're interested in because that's just going to agitate my mind you know, you think, Well, what does that mean? Investigation on Dhamma doesn't mean I'm supposed to think during meditation often we think that thinking is our main problem you, know? you don't have to try to somehow shut it up you know? put that parrot up there to sleep we might also know that sometimes if if we do, again, that can create this kind of, kind of strained way of trying to concentrate, trying to force the mind not to think, which can, of course, be a very futile exercise, where we just create a lot of extra tension in the mind, trying to use the mind to stop the mind from um, thinking. You know. um, we, we might set up just a lot of conflict in our mind which will um, consume a lot of energy and make us more tense and unhappy. Or sometimes we might succeed not thinking but not gain any clarity with it. Really just more like going to sleep without sleeping. Well that's something that a kind of dubious kind of skill that we can develop in meditation. It can be very peaceful. But not really lead any further from there. Certainly hardly going to lead towards insight because there's no, no clarity there. It's just it's peaceful, all right. But you know. <laughs> in this uh, the way the Buddha presents it, here, obviously, is quite important. Investigation, and um, it can of course mean lots of different things. You know, it can mean sometimes a certain level. Really, once you've set up mindfulness, presence, awareness, to think something, but think intentionally and clearly. Hopefully, well, you know sometimes from the difference there's kind of all kinds of uh, degrees to it, but, you know, uh, there's, there can be quite a difference between just compulsively thinking when the mind just really thinks, 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 and once we, st- we say we, we try to stop it, uh, we, we notice how much it's actually out of control and it's just doing what it wants. Or if we really deliberately, from a quite centered and calm and aware state of mind, we, we deliberately think something something through clearly, right? How so our thoughts are also going to be much clearer and precise, decisive, and more penetrating and meaningful. First of all, there's actually a level of mindfulness established in meditation, and that's, that can, that can be read in the sense also as a very concrete medit- meditation instruction. I would often say, like in the beginning of a meditation session, for a while you really just, you know, if nothing else, kind of important. Know, dramatic is happening that needs attention. You really just do the meditation exercises of bringing, maybe, say, your attention to the breath. It's really kind of starting to develop a certain kind of stability and certain sense of presence and awareness of being here. You know? And then once you've you just noticed that actually something is really settled a bit in oneself, and we are more, a bit more calm, more present, a bit more clear, then we can use that, um, you know, more more useful, contr- constructive state of mind to then. Investigate quite consciously and sometimes you know clear state of mind for some clear thinking, but of course uh, that's not that's just maybe it's like maybe a first level in some way maybe the, with the coarsest level of investigation, but it can happen in many other ways you know like sometimes i've been t- here talking about the way of just really um, more Bringing uh, questions into our experience rather than than actively thinking, using the mind to think something through, think about something, just um, becoming aware of what are actually pertinent questions for ourselves that we have about our experience. And just using the mind, uh, that intelligence that we have to really come out with intelligent questions, dropping them into that. Uh, silence of our meditation and into the actuality the directness of our experience, and then just listen to our experience in an interested way in, a, in an investigative way you know, with that intention holding that intention in mind of wanting to find out to know more you know, that is a way in which um, we can investigate you know, it's, a lot of that is really just the intention conscious conscious intention that we bring into our meditation it 's quite a difference and, you know whether you Watch your breath with the intention to concentrate, or with with the intention to understand or to find out whatever it is, like um, about impermanence. Being interested in impermanence or non-self. What is this thing? What, what is this in actuality of my experience? What is actually this this truth or this aspect of experience that the Buddha talks about, which is which is non-self? You know? the ownerlessness of my experience you know how where is that how do I experience that in the actuality of my experience it can be it's just a question and I can then pay attention to my experience like the experience of the breath with that question if you like at the back of my mind you know, or in the foreground of my mind but it doesn't have to be in a thinking kind of way I don't have to think well I'm impermanence, or so where are you where is it what is it? is it how is it impermanent you know I just I'm curious in this way with that question but then I you know, I let the mind go quiet, and just bring that inquiring spirit uh, spirit into the experience, and then see what my experience, the direct experience, might have to reveal about that. You know, what what does it tell me about this? You know, so it's a way of listening attentively uh, with interest to our experience. that's, that's investigation. Like with just to illustrate again with some other aspects if it is if we if sometimes you know people ask about how to work with emotions, you know how how to get an handle on say on my anger or something anger can be an emotion that we might find difficult and we should really have a difficulty about now that 's something that we can investigate in this way uh in meditation you know, I can just or, or when it arises even in in a situation if it's if it 's not well it 's of course challenging, but you know if we can. Again, it's a, it's the same process. First, the first step is, is awareness, mindfulness, you know, emotion arising, or in in meditation, I might consciously bring you know some resonance of it up through memory, maybe you know I remember the situation or you know, something that really annoyed me, and I might just you know not get the full thing, which could be an advantage, of course, <laughs> but just maybe a little kind of an echo of it and say ah right yes this is it. this is the thing. and then there's first is the mindfulness. So I'm present for it. Then I can investigate it. You know? And again, as I'm saying, it's not so much thinking about it or what is this anger, you know, uh, where is it coming from and why is it, uh, or just you know thinking about, oh yes, it's all impermanent, obviously. You know, now it is gone, or or is it gone? It's still there. So how is it impermanent? Or well, it's not my anger, is it, or, or is it my anger, or is there somebody to be angry about? And I can investigate, of course, in that way, you know, using the Buddhist uh, concepts like of, of impermanence and non-self. Uh, that that can be helpful sometimes and can lead to certain insights. But also in this, usually to me, uh, more, more, usually more fruitful, more powerful way, in a way that we actually actively and in this inquiring, investigating, listening way. Engage with the actual experience you know? so not thinking about it, but like offering first of all this kind of attention awareness you know if you've, if you cultivate practice the body based awareness and that 's one of the reasons why to do it is that because then we can actually find for example where do I actually feel for example anger any kind of emotion in in the body you no know? again that 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 makes it actually brings it. Away from the theory or, or ideas about, into the actuality of where it actually hurts, you know? where it disturbs us, where it makes us not peaceful, you know? where there is actually suffering, is which is you what know, the, the Buddhist teaching is about. So where do I actually feel it? Ah, huh. so then I can bring attention to the body and then listen. Ah, right, it's there. And how do I feel it? What is it? You no. Know? First of all, this is just this kind of listening. And then, of course, I, I bring the body and the mind together in that way. That then, of course, the mind naturally is going to try and find to find some words for it, isn't it? Aha, it's here, you know. It, it squeezes somewhere over there, you know, my liver or something, you know, or so what else, or something happening in the shoulders, perhaps, you know. And then again, I can I can drop questions into there, you know, and questions that that will be individual, maybe, you know, depends what's really real and, and pertinent for us, like questions about how does this actually really feel, while I, I, I might just have a, a ready kind of label like anger but this, this is such a vast range of experience that this really kind of fits under this one simple concept, isn't it? So what is it actually is a bit more to it what is it precisely what, what am I actually doing there when this is happening could be a question, like I suddenly might actually notice, like for example I'm like, aha, and I'm tensing my shoulders this is actually something I'm doing. If if that way I connect to that, with with that which is actually happening, and I say, oh, this I'm doing, then I might, that might lead on. I might, towards investing, oh, what happens, can I actually stop doing this? What happens actually if I don't do this, if if I relax my shoulders? Of course, a totally different experience might come, and so I just keep track of it and keep investigating, you know, asking. Things like, what is this all about? Asking towards that, say, margin or that, that, that you know, of your experience where, you, where you're not so sure anymore, where, you're, where you can't just go back to the mind, to your memory, and just come up with the right, oh, yeah, this is about this, and this is, a, you know, but into that, you know, those places where we don't know yet, where we might discover actually something something new. You know? So to be creative in that way, that can be investigation. Of course, also in the same way so to, to bring then those, those things like uh, actually... The, in permanence and things uh, into in, in, in a real engaged way into the actuality of what, what we're experiencing you know what what is actually something like like anger when we're experiencing it as an experience what is it you know energetically to really get in touch with how this is changing all the time you know? is there actually someone there who's getting angry you know not trying to answer it on in an intellectual way or coming back to the answers that we might have in an intellectual way but to look at it directly, you know? and that that can actually actually lead to to insights and and um, yeah new 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 ways of of seeing and relating to our experience. But even if it doesn't, one thing that's if in with whatever we actually engage in our investigation in our meditation that way, one thing that we certainly I think we'll find is that it, it's going to rise or raise energy. You feel energized by it. It's going to make us. Uh, wake up, you know, if you're sitting there and you're kind of half asleep in your meditation and then suddenly actually you just say, oh, I'm half asleep, you know, where am I, what is that sort of awareness and then you start to investigate, oh, what is this actually about and you start to get in touch with something that's actually really happening in your body and you just starts to wake, wake you up, you know, energy starts to uh, arise. You might actually get inspired. <laughs> And that might or might not then lead on to the uh, to that next the force factor which is um is a pity, usually translated as rapture, which is quite specific, also technical term of and, and might in different ways arise for us in all kinds of situations, but not the specific to, to meditation. Can be all kinds of um all kinds of phenomena. Um that in some way or another you might be familiar with or something happen we don't really recognize them because you know we don't really quite know what this kind of concept cap- capsulate can be very different things like goosebumps, you know, rising or just or usually some kind of you kind know, of physical sensations. You know, if if you really say your meditation kind of gets going that way, you really engage with it, you're investigating, there's energy there. You get some, you know, sense of maybe it can be mental in that sense of enthusiasm, or you know, feeling of feeling light in the body, the whole experience of the body changing. You know, maybe some, uh, you know, like the very sense of what happens if kind of tiredness just drops out suddenly. You know, that kind of elation, or sometimes pain just disappears, or 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 changes into just a pleasant kind of warm throbbing kind of sensation. All those kind of things can be forms of rapture. You know it has also and has of course its its mental aspect to it of feeling really inspired elated enthusiastic you know sometimes people might start to see visions of light or all kinds of things you know it can be quite can be quite extreme, can be just very subtle you know, so all all those kind of things would fit in into that and then I think it becomes to me more like really quite meditation specific the next kind of steps. Whether this, this this rapture then leads onwards to the, to the fifth factor, which is more um, calm, tranquility, contentment, uh, ease, relief, and that kind of happiness, the more kind of soothing kind of happiness that comes with that really probably has a lot to do with how we are able in our meditation to relate to you know, any kind of the more exciting kind of stuff of, of rapture actually happening. And that's... That leads back really to the, to the, also to me, mainly to the starting factor of, of uh, mindfulness, which I said is also the balancing factor, the one that always really needs to be in place. And we can easily, when, when more stronger sensations of rapture happen in meditation, we can actually lose mindfulness. And so it's also important to remember with those seven factors of enlightenment, they are kind of a progressive kind of, progressive kind of thing. <laughs> And that, that it doesn't mean that once you go from one to the next, you abandon the previous ones. You know, it's like it's almost like you're stacking, you're carefully stacking this little, you know, kind of building this sculpture of, you know, putting one stone onto the next. You know, mindfulness has to always remain in place. You know, that's your base stone there, and that it really has to have a kind of a firm foundation so that you can actually start to balance the other ones. It's happening really every kind of stage, and that's always really where we have to check in again. You know, if I move on, say from Establishing first mindfulness to investigation. That's one thing. Mindfulness is still be there to actually check out: Am I actually? Is this investigation actually leading me onwards? Or am I just getting distracted now? Is, is am I just thought? I'm just getting carried away with thought, which is of course what easily happens, particularly if you have that kind of habit. You know, you start investigating, and at the beginning it might be quite some mindful, present moment experience based investigation but after a while that leads onto associations and you start to think about it and you just go back onto your theories about what this is all about and da, 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 da. And hopefully then if there's still some mindfulness there, the moment you become mindful, you know, there's always that first step you know, you, you never, that always goes with you Then you, know, you realize, oh, I've lost focus now you come back to the body establishing mindfulness again you know? And so, even like, in if, if everything really, if you get everything right and all the factors come in place and the whole thing kind of develops beautifully, all the stones, you know, are nicely balanced, and there's no too strong wind about to blow over your your nice little sculpture. You know, then you see all those factors; they are all kind of, in some way or another, still there, isn't it? So, once see, you've got, and there's 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 always, of course, the danger that you lose. You know, the previous space of it, particularly this, this this rapture thing, you know, because that usually tends to be very attractive. Because you know? this maybe for most of us less usual. It's very, it's, you know, pity, rapture. You know, it's, it says it, isn't it? It's very pleasant. And the mind is attracted to us, pleasant things, and it's very powerfully pleasant. And it's something that we don't most of us not have that easy access to usually. So if it happens on meditation, most of us can get. Uh, at least we're beginning carried away by it and kind of knocked about a bit know, get very overly interested in it and lose mindfulness and lose investigation and that we might not lose energy but but then those factors energy and and, and rapture they just start to spin out of control and then before we know we just uh, it just turns into restlessness or something certainly doesn't go any further you know might just be there with a lot of energy and sit until midnight after all, then after midnight you get up and says, "Well, that was something special going on there." But it was really just all just no activity, and <laughs> you don't get any more out of it other than, you can, "Oh, there, so I got really some energy going there." So, so what? So what? Because maybe mindfulness went out of the window. If mindfulness there, then you can just see all oh, this is. Then you can apply investigation also to that. What is this actually about? You know, what is this? You know, first of all, you stay, you keep your cool. You know, this is just another kind of experience. You know, the general, you know, three characteristics still apply. I guess you know, if they are universal, they should still apply. It's still impermanent. It's non-self. And uh, if I'm aware and I've practiced for a while and I've studied the Buddhist teaching, then I will know by experience. This in itself is not necessarily going to lead me to anything. More lasting or deeply satisfying. So that says it already. You know, if 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 I have those other factors still in place, and there's mindfulness with the rapture, and there's investigation, then I can can just stay. You know, I keep my. I don't get my hands too close into there, and don't get carried away with it, or you know, don't get burned by the fireworks. But I just make space for it. You know? And uh, that applies to just the simple goosebumps. Uh, the same as, as the more kind of uh, powerful, exciting kind of stuff that might, you know, more rarely perhaps kind of happening. But you just, you know, stay with it and apply, you know, stay aware and aware with it. And that's usually where then this, this um, more pity, it's called, then can actually calm down and get get more soothed and will will be transformed in the, into what's the fifth factor of enlightenment, which is a more sustainable and more easy kind of calm, place of contentment and happiness. And that's then, of course, what then with, with if we keep, you know, applying ourselves, again, mainly, particularly with, um, with, uh, with mindfulness, you know, stay with our meditation object can, can then be further, kind of purified and refined towards developing samadhi. Uh, it's something that actually then happens as a result of our practice, where, you know, there's much more to do with really just staying present Staying soft, staying attentive, listening, being open, being being able to keep, you know, relaxing and balancing, you know, our experience rather than trying to get concentrated. Right? See so, yeah, how this this describes a very different movement you know, from first being aware, investigating, getting you know some energy going, the right kind of energy, you know, the, the, maybe the, the uh, hopefully not too wide, but it's a subtle kind of excitement of of. Of, um, of pity, of rapture, and then allowing that to settle towards you know, contentment, ease, and that, that will then, then provide you know, the, 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 the atmosphere in the heart, in the mind, for it to settle into a deeper samadhi. And then, of course, that's what, what leads, leads to equanimity. And it can be understood and sometimes is presented in that way, understood in that way in the context of the suttas. as really the, the progression that, that would then lead, if you followed that way, to the really kind of Deeper states of samadhi to to absorption, and so very kind of rarefied, and refined states of consciousness, or also I think in the same sense, just to to get to a place of enough samadhi for the mind to actually then be to be able to attend and investigate our experience with equanimity. So in a way that, is really that, that, it, that it achieves that calm, that whatever happens arises and ceases in our experience can really be observed and penetrated, you know, in, investigated in a way where the mind is really not moved by it. And that's obviously just what, what it needs for us to, to actually see through in our experience in, in, in a way that, it, that it might, where the mind becomes powerful enough to really penetrate our, the, our experience with the questions that we might have in a really kind of deep and insightful kind of way which then well, hopefully will hopefully lead to the insights that lead to the liberation of suffering. Mm-hmm. And we really see deeply.